Hello and welcome to episode 137 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Joining me on today's episode is two guests. I'm joined by the actor Alex Sakarinu and the director Matt Chambers. We get to sit and talk all about their brand new film The Bike Thief. It's an absolute amazing film, an incredible main debut by Matt and honestly the acting performance by Alec is one of those ones that will stand out this year. It will win awards, it's absolutely outstanding. So I'm thrilled that they're joining me on today's episode of the Mark and Me podcast. But in true typical fashion, let's touch base and talk about the last episode. On episode 136, I was joined by the amazing documentary maker, Lisa Imodino Vreeland. We got to sit down and talk all about what it actually takes to go into making a documentary. And do you know what? I found it absolutely fascinating from start to finish. It's the first specific documentary maker that I've had on Mark and Me, and it certainly won't be the last. I can't wait to delve deeper in the future with more people and find out just what it takes to go into making a documentary. I loved every minute and I'm so glad to see the response online from amazing fans out there, some incredible tweets and Facebook comments, so thank you all. But as I said, today I'm talking about the brand new film, The Bike Thief. I'm lucky enough to be joined by the director and the lead star. So here's me and Matt and Alec talking all things film. So Alec and Matt, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. <laughs> so Matt, what I want to do for the listeners out there today is take it right back to the very start. Uh, obviously, when you were becoming a film director and getting involved in films, what was it that kind of inspired you to want to pick up a camera and become a director? Was it another director or a certain film or franchise? Or how was it that it became that option for you to take in life? Um, so my dad's uh, ex-girlfriend's brother, um, Uncle Chris, um, is a fantastic cinematographer um, called Chris Ross, uh, BSC. Um, and so from the age of about 15, 16, um, I was tagging along with him um, uh, on set um, and lugging around Video Village and stuff like that um, and just became obsessed with everything. Um, and initially very much thought um, I wanted to be a cinematographer like Chris. Um, until uh, Chris read something that I'd written. I wrote a little short film um, and he said, you should do this um, and not be a cinematographer, um, which I take as a compliment from a writing and not about my uh, abilities as a camera trainee. Um, but yeah, from there, just kind of dove into writing and uh, working in uh, production to meet as many people as possible. And I mean, that's gone pretty well. I was looking at your profile and reading about you throughout the week and seeing you to get to work on my favourite Star Wars film of the last few years, Rogue One, Solo, Avengers, Pokemon. They're massive, massive franchises, massive films. And to be involved in these films must have been like the best learning experience you could ever ask for. It beats any textbook or anything like that. Yeah, entirely. You know, I didn't go to film school. I don't think, as far as I know, nobody on this film did. Um, and I would just say to, I mean, obviously it's, it's a sometimes vaguely impenetrable industry to get into, but just to anyone who's looking to get into film, get yourself on set as much as possible, meet as many people as you can, get as many phone numbers and email addresses as you can, um, and just pester people until they let you come along. 
And Alec, to yourself, obviously being an actor and not the director and actually in front of the camera, um, I believe you were born in Romania. So how was the option for you to get involved in film? Was it something you studied or was it something that you wanted to get into again from seeing maybe a, another actor on screen or someone in your family? Well, no, it, for sure it wasn't in the family because my parents are engineers and my older brother is also an engineer and I was supposed to be a, an engineer as well. But uh, I wasn't that good with math, honestly. So when I was in high school, I tried to find a different way of, I don't know, uh, uh, fill my time with, spend my time. And uh, in, in, the, in my high school, there was a theater class and I started attending it and I found it to be quite interesting, quite interesting. And it was like, a, uh, like a, the obvious choice to make forward. Of course, I disappointed my parents at that point when I told them I want to be an actor, but uh, eventually they got over it and <laughs> they're really proud of me, yeah. And I mean, you've had an acting career now of nearly 10 years. I mean, looking back at um, some of the performances you're in recently and before that, if your family was so kind of into you following in their footsteps and even your brother and other family members, how did you kind of convince them? Because I always wanted to be a musician and my parents were always going to say like, so when are you going to get a real job? You know, and it's always that kind of battle. So how did you kind of persuade them and convince them that you'd made the right choice? When I started to make my own money, I mean, yeah. that was the point. But uh, I mean, to make my own money from acting, you know? Yeah. But uh, in the same time, I had to have like tons of other jobs. I was a bartender, I was a server, I was a, I don't know, I used to sell secondhand cars and uh, done a lot of stuff just be able, just to be able to uh, support myself in doing acting in afford myself to do to afford myself to do acting because independent theater here and being a freelancer actor is not really but i mean you have ups and downs uh, but once i got on my feet and uh, was able to move uh, from home i mean yeah i mean that that was the point and uh, i mean Till I was older, they, they encouraged me to just get them, uh, put my mind together and uh, do like something proper. But uh, eventually I, I was very stubborn. I was very stubborn in doing it and eventually it paid off. I mean, yeah, you just have to keep doing it and try to do it properly. I mean, try to find a way of doing it. And if you're passionate that you've tried to become a professional person in that business, you will eventually make it. And Matt, you talked about being on these sets of these amazing productions and amazing films and learning, but you talked about doing your own shorts and obviously there was Settlers and Daddy Mine. Now, they were only five years ago. This is kind of with The Bike Thief, your major first production that you're directing and that's on a scale of a whole different era of doing these small shorts. How did you find taking that step? Because obviously we talked about how you learned being on these amazing productions and getting involved and being around people, but to take all that and try and be a director of your first major feature film. It's not an easy challenge from going, and I speak to a lot of directors, a lot of people do shorts or music videos and then take that step. But how did you find it? Because it's mentally and the, the strain and pressure that you put on yourself to produce that whole big film for yourself is, is huge. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, absolutely terrifying. Um, I mean, it was one of those weird things sort of 
I never expect when I wrote that script, I never expected to one day be making it. You know, it was just a thing that I made and sent it to my friend Perry, who's a producer, you know, and he basically, it was one of those things, you know, we didn't know we were going to have the money to make the film until like a month or two before we started shooting. So I didn't really have that much time to freak out about it. Um, but then as soon as you're on set that first day and you go, oh, there's my friend Alec and there's my friend Perry. And there's, you know, you just surround yourself with friends as much as possible. And, you know, the producers, um, Perry, Lena and Sophia, just, I trust them so much. And they just helped create this sort of, you know, not to be too cliched about it, but a safe space in which it just felt like, oh, we're just making, you know, a short film for 16 days. Um, and oh, look, it's now a feature very much that kind of vibe it's a good mentality to have and very mature and i suppose if you try and analyze it too much you just terrify yourself completely not to do it um you probably get this question a lot but it's, it's something i wanted to know as soon as i got told i was interviewing you both but alec can you remember the first time you met matt and this became more than just a bit of a chat or brainstorming on a piece of paper or a phone call when did it come reality that you were going to audition and being this part in this big film well, uh, I got the privilege not to audition for this film. This is a first. This was a first. So, yeah, yeah a, a script was sent to me. And I said, okay, okay, if you're interested. And I read the script and it was really, really good. And uh, I thought it was a story that was relevant and worth telling for these times. And uh, I wanted to have a chat with Matt to see if, uh, what's... Uh, what he has in mind with it. So uh, after we had our first uh, phone call and he told me that he wanted to be uh, uh, till one point a collaborative way of uh, uh, doing the, this family more specific and try to investigate and try to make it Romanian because at that point when he sent the script, it, it wasn't mentioned the nationality of the family. And um, it was the first time that someone proposed to me to like work on some lines of the script. And I found that very interesting and very generous of Matt. And uh, he seemed like a nice guy and a guy that is passionate and uh, he's try that is trying to do something that is profess professional. And yeah, sure, why not? I mean, yeah, I will spend my time working with this guy and we became friends. We had a really, really nice time. And from your side, Matt, obviously you've become friends, you've got a good relationship, but how did you find working with Alec on set and how it became that idea? You said you didn't do an audition, so it must have been amazing to see this performance paying off and being so successful and so strong, considering it's kind of your first attempt for both of you in a big feature in this leading role within a, you know, it's, it's, it must have been a lot of learning curves as well as celebrations on set. I mean... But I don't think there was ever, there was ever a difficult, you know, there are obviously difficult moments in the making of every film, but not a single one of those was to do with Alec. He was just a, a gift of a person to work with. Um, you know, as soon as it, as soon as I heard that he was reading the script, it was just one of those, oh my God, is this actually going to be a thing? And then as soon as he said yes, and it became clear that he was going to do it, I, there was never any doubt, but you know, there was never any doubt he was going to knock it out of the park and you know he's the heart and soul of the movie and you know it's pretty it's just one of those things you turn up on set and you kind of go what are we going to do today and you're like well i'm going to point the camera at alec what do you want to do um 
the reviews I've seen so far, obviously the movie's only just coming out for us in the UK and people are only just starting to see it now, but I've been reading a lot on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Now, I speak to a lot of directors and a lot of actors, and this is a question to both of you, and uh, Alec, if you want to answer it first, but do you take note of these? Do you read them or do you try and shy away from the reviews? Because if you haven't read them, the good news is they're fantastic. Everyone is saying this is an amazing film. Uh, I've seen a lot of 10 out of 10 and 9 out of 10 on IMDb, a working, I think the headline was a working classic film and some really amazing praise for the directing and the acting. So do you delve into it or do you try and avoid it in case there is someone there who's just saying something bad? I, I honestly don't search them, but some of them are sent to me yeah. and I have good ones from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, I, there's nothing to change. I mean, once it's out, it's out. So yeah. uh, it's like um, sometimes it's a matter of taste. Sometimes it's a matter of, uh, I don't know, really understanding what you're trying to do. And I don't know. I mean, I I don't. Of course, there are things that I would change right after you, uh, you yell, uh, the directors shall cut. I would like to change something, but once it's there, it's there. So in time, you I learn to have like a kind of closure with what I've done and move to the next project. So uh, yeah, the reviews are there. Hopefully, I mean, some of them are good, some are bad. You cannot please everyone and you shouldn't even try to do that because it'd be, I mean, in vain. So uh, yeah, sometimes I read the good ones, yeah. <laughs> And what about you, Matt? Have you been reading them? I mean, they are very glowing. There's some incredible, really high praise for you. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been banned from reading the um, IMDb user reviews. Yeah. Um, mostly because, <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, just because it's not, it's not healthy to read those ones. But I'd be lying if I said I hadn't read, you know, the Financial Times one and, yeah. and stuff like that, because that's that's it's pretty you know you put you put everything into a movie and it's it's pretty wonderful to have someone say a nice thing about it and it's pretty great to be able to copy and paste that because i'm i'm the one who's sending alec the nice links <laughs> and, and now that now the kind of film's done it's out there what's next obviously we're, we're starting to see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel coming out of lockdown and things are getting a little bit more normal so matt have you now learned so much from putting this feature out that you're just raring and eager to go on to the next or do you want a bit of time out to breathe and kind of find life again um, no, I've, I mean, I've done my breathing. I'm good. I've got some scripts. <laughs> as soon as anyone wants to let me do it again, I'm ready to go. Um, and hopefully bringing Alec along too. Yeah. And what about you, Alec? Have you kind of took some time out to kind of just breathe and not be so intense? Or you just now you've done this performance and you just got that in your blood and your breath every day? You're just wanting to do it more and more? Honestly, I just try to not put pressure on too much pressure on me. Because it was, I mean, it was difficult, uh, at least for actors. I don't know about other actors, but at least for me and the people, my colleagues, I mean, the, the industry have been really, yeah, affected by COVID. And, um, well, isolation can keep you safe, but can drive you mad. So I just try to keep myself sane. Yeah. Yeah. Sane and healthy. So, yeah, I didn't do that much, honestly, just playing video games and, I don't know, watching films and binging TV shows. And, uh, yeah, I just 
I'm just waiting for this to pass already because yeah, it's that, that's how I kind of spent most of my time. But then before lockdown, I was doing that, so it doesn't make much difference. <laughs> working through box sets and watching films and sitting around watching TV. But um, my final question for you both: uh, I know you're both early into your career and have a, a lot more productions and films and TV work ahead of you, but from where you are today, a lot of people will be listening that want to become an actor or become a director. So Matt, I know you're very early into your career, but what advice do you give to those people that are making shorts or wanting to invest in some gear and start making their first small features and trying to get out there and be seen in a world that is so hard to stand out in? Uh, <laughs> um, firstly, surround yourself with friends. Um, and secondly, just remember why, if you're, if you're the director, remember why you started in the first place. There will come a point, usually a few days into the shoot, that you forget what you're doing and you're only thinking about the problem at hand. Just always remember what you were doing sat in front of your laptop in your bedroom. And that's the reason you're there. And that's the reason everyone's there. And just, you know, lean into that. And for you, Alec, for anyone that says a lot of people that listen go to film school or some aren't able to go to film school, what advice do you give to anybody that wants to become an actor? Because it is not an easy industry to get into and definitely stand out when there's a lot of people out there that want to be like yourself and be in a film. I know. Uh, for some could be a long road, for some could be a short road. I don't, I don't know. Uh, um I, it's just to concentrate on the process and don't mind the success. I mean, just focus on the process and try to be truthful to the characters and to telling the story and to understand what you're doing and to be generous and uh, determinate because you have to have patience and eventually it will happen if you, if you keep doing it and if you're stubborn enough to do whatever you like and to investigate more and to try to uh, make yourself a better person and a professional in that domain that you're looking for. I mean, eventually it will happen, but you just have to go through the process. So yeah, don't skip the process. My final thing on the podcast is the outro music is always chosen by whoever's on the podcast. So um, what we try and do is make it unique. It can be a piece of music by any band, any artist or a film score or anything you like. Now, there's two of you on this podcast, so it's not easy, but I will let you both choose a piece of music and then take it away and cost, like toss a coin or something. But <laughs> if I put you on the spot, Matt, what is a song that means a lot to you from either a band or a film that instantly when I said that question comes to you? Because if I gave you both too long to think about it, you'll wake up at four in the morning and think, oh, David Bowie or Nirvana. <laughs> what, what's a song uh, that you love and adore that would be your outro music? Uh, just to keep it on theme uh, with The Bike Thief, just because I listened to them so much while I was writing and uh, a member of the band ended up writing the score for the film uh, would be In My View by Young Fathers. Nice. And Alec, is there a different track for you or do you think that because it's in theme with the movie, that would be a good pick? I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know why Johnny Cash came to my mind. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm thinking about that. I don't, I don't remember the title of the song, but it was the one with Sooner or Later, they're going to cut you down. That, that oh, song. Um... I know I know names of songs, but I yeah. couldn't sing them. But I know songs that I can sing them, but I don't know their names. So it's yeah. Sometimes it's just 
That's brilliant. Um, literally, we've got one minute left. So I wanted to thank you both for your time today and coming on. I wish you all the luck with the release of Bike Thief. Uh, I've been lucky enough to see the film. I loved it. I'm not just saying it because you're here. I thought it's absolutely fantastic. The film work, the directing, the shots were incredible. So I hope that our paths cross again in the near future and we can talk about whatever you're going to do next. But thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Cheers, Mark. Thank you. So there it is. There's my interview with me, Matt and Alec. Quite a short, snappy interview, but sometimes you're very restricted with the time you get with guests, and I'm still very grateful for every moment that they give me. So a huge thanks for coming on the podcast. Hopefully by listening to that interview, you now want to go and check out the film, and you can. It's out now on Amazon and iTunes and all those streaming services out there. Let me know what you think. Please jump on markandme.com. On there, there's links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and my email. I love seeing feedback, and I love seeing people that then go and check out films that I recommend through this podcast. The week ahead is absolutely manic, and I'm going to be back with episodes every few days for the next couple of weeks. It's so busy. I have such an amazing range of guests coming up over the next few days, and I can't wait to share them. Stick around on markandme.com. Look at all my social media channels for clues on who's coming up, and I'll be back in a few days with a brand new episode. So until then, please take care and I'll see you all soon. Lay my belly on a woman. Leave her dancing for the lala. Tiger for the damn, the damn, the damn. Fire one and foie gras. In my view.
Until I am. I wanna be king until I am.